Hello and welcome to the Life of Gusto podcast. I'm your host, Augusto Andres. My guest on this episode is Ezekwe Anderson. He created Rise Up Bakery, based in San Francisco, and makes artisan sourdough bread in traditional and reimagined ways with unique, sometimes unexpected flavor combinations. Tune in to hear about Ezekwe's own unconventional background as a skater, his transition to food, his creative process, and how he's using Rise Up Bakery to connect people with one another and make a difference in the world one beautiful loaf of bread at a time. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button, share the podcast with your friends, and thanks for listening. Hey everyone, it's Augusto. Just a quick show note before we get started. My normally reliable Wi-Fi connection got a bit wonky on me during this interview, so apologies in advance for any glitchy spots in the recording. To celebrate the release of this episode, I'm doing a giveaway for a $20 gift card that can be used for Rise Up Bakery's Pay It Forward program. Any listeners out there interested in participating should answer the following question. In the episode, what country does Ezekwe say he'd like to travel to now if he could? Post your answer anywhere on my Instagram page. I'll do a random drawing this week and announce two winners via my Instagram stories on Friday. Thanks for your support, everyone. Enjoy Life of Gusto podcast, episode 20, with Ezekwe Anderson. Like a lot of people, uh, you started baking during the pandemic, right? Um, yeah. But it turned into something more than that. Can you talk about the inspiration for, for, for starting uh, Rise Up? Yeah, so I, so I started with friends, um, with some of my children's parents, like so friends and school friends, um, and we happened my kids go to a uh, friend's school. So I just call them friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I got uh, some text messages and, you know, it was several of us on like a little thread and it was like, Hey, we're going to do this. And then, you know, people started trying and then, you know, taking pictures and we would talk about like, Oh, what'd you do? Oh, that looks good. Oh, how'd you do that? You know? And there was a little bit of that, like, you know, because I had done other stuff in food, it was like, you know, like, well, where's, you know, where's your pictures? What's, what's going on with your stuff? You know? And mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm not much of a baker. So I was like, well, you know, like I'll, I'll try, you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't doing nearly as good as I should. <sighs> and so, and I had never really broken the code, right? Like I, I had interest in it. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a certain amount of time and energy and attention to detail that if you just aren't on point, it's just not gonna happen. And mm. so I very mediocre bread. Um, and then I kind of was like, I want to, I want to be good at this, you know, like I kind of collect um, hobbies that are hard, you know, right. like I play golf, I like to play golf, that's really hard, you know, like, seems like the harder it is, the more it, it interests my mind, because it's a mm. puzzle. Then mm -hmm. I started working, I started doing it. And you know, one thing led to another it went from like, well, I spent all that time on one loaf. If I'm going to do one loaf, I might as well do two loaves, <laughs> you know, and then it was, well, if I'm going to do two loaves, I might as well do four loaves. Cause then I could like give some away to my friends. Mm -hmm. um, and then next thing you know, I was doing, people were actually asking me, Hey, I heard you're making bread. Can you make me a loaf? And then it turned into eight loaves a day. Every other day, I put up a picture and one of my friends back in East coast in Brooklyn, like sent me a text message and was like, yo, son, you got to send me some of that bread. <laughs> I was like, no, it's, it, you know, by the time it gets to you, it's going to be no good. Mm. 
and he was basically like, it's my money. Like I'm the one, I'm the one paying for me damn bread. You know, I was like, give me that bread. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I sent it and you know, two, three, four days later, I get this text message of this beautiful grilled cheese sandwich with the big old OMG. Like I can't, oh my God, so good. Mm. And I was like, really? Like, it's like so good. And I was like, ah. I said, oh, you just said that because you spent money on <laughs> You just said that because you spent all that money to get it there. He's like, nah, it's really good. So, mm. so then next time I went to send off a loaf, I, I took a picture and said, I can't believe people are paying me to send them loaves. And like literally overnight, I woke up the next day and I had like 60 loaves sold. Wow. People were just like, what? You you ship it? You'll get up. So, <laughs> give me in on that. <laughs> yeah, give me in on it. So, you know, so, I mean, at the beginning, it really was just like friends of friends and friends that people were just like, like, oh, that looks really good. Send me some. Mm. And then next thing you know, I started getting some big orders. Like, I want to get 24 of them. Can you? And I was like, I don't even know if I can make 24, you know? <laughs> I was. It was really exciting to go through all the different steps of, like, learning how to scale and trying to see if you can keep up the the consistency of the crumb and, like, you know, like, all the things that, like, you know, just because you made, you know, eight one day doesn't mean you can do 60, mm -hmm. right? My wife actually teases me because she's like, you can't do anything small. Like, everything that... <laughs> I was like, no, babe, it's just, this is just like for me. It's just that once in a while, it's a hobby. And then next thing you know, uh, there was like 60 people standing at the door. That's um, amazing. How yeah. many loaves are you up to you now? Uh, the most I've ever done is 150, hmm. 150 something. I think it was 153 in one day. Uh, I would say I average in the 90 a day. Hmm. Um, uh, a good day is like 120 to 100. And 30 in a day but that's all changing i mean like i'm i just moved out of my house into a commercial kitchen that i um built so mm -hmm. and so now my uh capacity has greatly increased i haven't haven't got the numbers up as big as the next step i kind of hope it will be mm -hmm. to pay for it all right, right. <laughs> but um but I'm definitely, you know, like I have, uh, I have some employees now and there's a lot of things. This is all in the last three weeks. It's like, like whole shift, right. major shift onto the next um, phase. Yeah. Onto the Growing next phase. It's exciting. Nice. Yeah. Well, I can attest to how delicious your bread is. I, I, I bought two loaves this weekend. I had, uh, the, I got the OG loaf and then the Spanish paella. Oh, I don't know if I, I, like I, I, I took a picture of it. I'll send it to you. I was going to send it to you. I, uh, I had oh that's gorgeous. Send me that picture. I had uh, the uh, OG loaf with just there's a, a just simple kind of um, Spanish tomato bread where you mm -hmm. take a tomato and you just smear it on a toasted yeah, piece yeah. and then I put some um, a little some, salt, some a little bit and then a French brevi which is a uh, mm -hmm. sheep's milk cheese <clears throat> mm -hmm. and then with the Spanish paella which I love, I had that with um, some avocado and some harissa. Um, oh, that which looks. Was, and when those chunks of sausage hit in, hit, hit you're like, oh. <laughs> so trees don't hurt nobody. Those combinations I love. Actually making paella is one of my favorite mm -hmm. things to make for, for, for people. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, I gotta get me some of that bread. <laughs> well, it's so funny because every single person that I know that really likes, like as soon as they see it, they're like, 
paella bread? Like what the, like, I don't get it. I'm like, no, I get it. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny about that is when people look at, at, at bread that has that stuff in it, they kind of make a face. I'm like, have you had a sandwich before? Have you had a hot dog? <laughs> That's what you're eating. That's what you do. You just That's what you do. You just smash you it all You take good bread and you stuff it full of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now you're a kind of renaissance man. You've got a lot of different interests and talents. You had a long career as a professional skater. I'm curious though, that's an unusual choice for um, a young black man. Um, can you talk about what it's like to be in that world um, that at least early on was, was really dominated by, by mostly white people? I guess I tend to pick sports and, and things that that don't really attract uh, a large majority of um, like, yeah, people of color. So um, like there was a moment where, you know, like when I was in high school, I tried to be on the diving team. You know, I was the only black that did that. Um, I was a gymnast. Uh, uh, there was a moment in high school where I was a, I was a stunt cheerleader where I was basically a base and I threw people around and did flips. So I would kind of get, I think being in a place where there wasn't a lot of black people in general, you just kind of did whatever you did because there weren't many of you anyway. So it wasn't like you could see, oh, well, everybody's over here. I should be over there. It was just kind of like if, if whoever my friends were at the moment asked me, hey, we're doing this thing, I'd be kind of like, oh, that sounds fun. I guess I could try that, you know. Um, mm -hmm. It wasn't until I started getting a little older where other people really asserted that like, oh, well, black people don't do that. And I'm like, oh, I, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, did, I did not get the memo. <laughs> I could right. not do this because I was black. So, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I, um, I definitely know that representation is a huge part, like being out there and being a good representation and kind of like doing your thing. But I think part of representation is kind of that the audacity or the fearlessness to just exist and just hope that people judge you you know by by your character and your content and not by just your skin right so right. like i don't want people looking at me and going like oh well you know he can or can't do something because he's black i also don't want to be thinking that about myself should want to chase after things and do things that make your heart sing you know right. and right. for for me that that tends to be um, things that I can be uber, like uberly focused. I don't like being alone. So I definitely like feeling a part of whether it's a tight knit community or family or others that are doing the sport, which is kind of back to your question. What was it like being a part of it? I, I think in skating, a lot of it was like, you know, athletics. It's like, if you're really good at something, the people that are doing it with you and around you, they're trying really hard to be really good at something too. Mm -hmm. So there's that just the commonality of like, wow, I know how hard that is. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. And that kind of transcends or should transcend race. Right. Okay. So, and then the other thing is, is like, you know, do you represent yourself well and do you represent your sport well, or do you represent what you're trying to aspire to? Like, you know, there's lots of people that they're really good at something, but they're kind of like shit at being a good person. Mm -hmm. And so, Every once in a while, people will turn a blind eye to the fact that, well, yeah, he's really good, but he's kind of a, a douche, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And people turn a blind eye because they respect how good he is. But that stuff catches up to you. You know, sooner or later, you know, people go, well, yeah, I don't care how good he is. He's still a jerk. You right. know, I just always went out, tried to represent well, tried to have a good time. And I'm never going to let anybody's opinion of me that I know is baseless solely on my race, like really have try to have any control over me. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I don't want to do something that I love because somebody that doesn't care about me, who doesn't care about anyone like me, doesn't like it. I mean, that, that kind of narrows down on what I can be. I'm just not going to do it. Obviously I don't want to be in a place that's not safe. And I don't want to be a place where I'm hated. Every once in a while I ran into people that had an issue with it because I was black and, you know, we dealt with it. But short of that, you know, if anything, it like instills, gives me, you know, gives me more, more power, you know, cause then I'm like, if I ever did encounter anything like that, I used it for fuel for the fire. Right. And participating in that um, sport that also took you uh, around the world, you got to travel, uh, yeah. this, you know, the circuit. And what, what was that experience like to, to see that um, the popularity of that sport grow um, and be embraced by other, other cultures? I've said it a ton of times, like I literally have family all over the planet, right? Like it is the coolest thing and it changed my world completely because I literally have friends in Thailand. I have friends in Italy. I have friends in Australia and New Zealand. And my heyday was worth worthy of be a part of this like emerging world. Because before it was like, you know, we just had a video camera and every once in a while a video got made. And if you were lucky enough to be in a video or be in a magazine, maybe you could build some notoriety but now with i literally like i text with my friends in australia every other day i got friends up in canada you know i would have never met them like my some of my best friends in the whole entire world i met on tour just being out in the world doing my thing and you know you that experience of just getting to meet people cultures and just realize that we're all we all bleed the same blood we're all we all love the same things like Mm -hmm. i mean it was it was life-changing like especially from a little broke kid who didn't really have anything couldn't really go anywhere when I was young to Mm -hmm. when they told me when they told me they were going to pay me and send me to Germany I'm like are you what (laughs) like you're gonna send me somewhere I'm like I'll do I I literally was like I'm gonna do this till the wheels fall off you know like (laughs) I I was so excited to get to go places and just see and exist and be yeah it definitely empowered me So how long after skating did you transition to baking? Baking has really only been this last year since COVID. I was never a baker Mm -hmm. at all. I was uh, an aspiring chef. Um, When I finished, you you reach a point in skating where like you used to, you know, when you're 25, 28, 27, 30, you know, you hit the ground, you hop back up. When you... All of a sudden, when you're like, you know, 42, 40, you hit the ground, you don't bounce back up. You, oh, you know. <laughs> and like when, that commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I have days, I have days where I have not fallen and I still have a hard time getting up just from <laughs> falling so many years ago. Um, but there, there got to be a time where, you know, I started having, we started having children. And so the idea of being away from my children and leaving my wife to, you know, kind of like a man down 
with no one to help. So I could be gone for a month at a time to go live my dream or live what was my dream. Um, just seemed very, you know, very selfish and reckless. Uh, I felt like that part of my life, I'd had a good run and, and it was time to make some changes. And so then um, it first started off, I, I had a business at that time. And so I just focused more on my business here. And then I realized that I didn't really love that. Um, and the only reason that I had that business was because I was trying to stay a part of the industry that I was slowly phasing out of. Mm -hmm. And so then I kind of did some soul searching and was like, well, you know, what's worthy of your time? You know, like, what are you going to spend your time doing? What do you enjoy doing? What do you love doing? And so it was food. Mm -hmm. And so then I went to culinary school to see if I could really cut it. Right. I figure if I go to culinary school, and I do really well, then I'll know that I can hang. And if I go to culinary school and realize that I'm not cut out for it, then at least I'll have a bag of tricks where I'm a better cook for my family and my life. But I, I will know maybe I shouldn't, you know, jump into that arena. Did you know that if you wanted to be a chef or a for a restaurant or a caterer or a private chef, did you know in it? No, I, I, time? I just knew, I just knew that if I wanted to do any of those things, I needed to know that I could cut it, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel they all started with, you know, it was kind of like general ed, you know, like you you go to college and you don't maybe have a, an exact idea what you want to do. Lots of people go to college and they don't know what they want to be, right? Mm -hmm. But along the way, you figure out like, well, I, I'm really good at this one thing. I, I went in with my mind open, my eyes open and, and just knowing I was going to be a lot of hard work, you know. And what are some of your favorite things to cook? Um, well, I'm from New Orleans. So like anything that's like Cajun or Creole, I'm really, I love, you know, like I love making gumbo and uh, a lot of their just Southern food in general. Um, mm -hmm. When I went to cooking school, you, then all of a sudden you're classically trained in French cuisine. Right. So there's a bunch of techniques that I kind of, um, just had a much better understanding. Like I, I cooked really good before I went in, mm -hmm. um, but it's just, I always say that knowing the why it's so it's one thing, it's one thing to know, like, okay, I want to make a sauce. Right? right. But if you know what you're trying to do, like what, you know, Oh, you put the aromatics. Oh, you, you do the fat first. Oh, you saute. And then you build on top of flavors. Once you've done it 10, 15, 20 times, mm -hmm. you, you really get the why. So then if you switch the flavor profile, it's still the same, right? Because mm -hmm. you understand what what and why you're trying to do what you're doing, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I think oftentimes people that cook or or that like food, they know what they like and they even know what they want to do, but they don't always know like where it came from, how it got started, like what the actual, like what, they don't understand the nitty gritty of it. And that's the part that I really wanted to get was, mm -hmm. That and, you know, I mean, cooking in a kitchen, standing up eight hours, you know, and, you know, not really getting breaks and, you know, being hot and that's a whole different lifestyle, you know. Right. So to, to see if you can do that and if, if you're, I don't want to say tough enough, but if you have whatever it takes to, to live that lifestyle, right. Mm -hmm. and I wanted to figure that out. Well, I, you know, the, the other question I wanted to ask you is um, just about creativity and what fuels your creativity. And I imagine 
you know, as a skater, when you're coming up with, with tricks and then when you're designing skate parks to when you're a chef and you're creating recipes and to your, your breads and you've got all kinds of, of different combinations. Is that all come from the same place, do you think? Um, or is it kind of different parts of your brain? What, what is it that fuels your creativity? I don't think creativity and like fear can be in the same place. Hmm. So I think creativity really comes from a sense of kind of like, like I'm the most creative when I don't have worries. Because when you're really like focused on just living or when you're really focused or you're, you have fears or, or doubts, then those, they, they burble up, but then they get squashed or washed away. Um, and when I'm uber focused on whatever I'm doing, I'm not, I don't have a care in the world as far as any other thing. And so I feel like that kind of Zen space that I get to when I make bread offers a place for the creativity kind of bounce around in my, my brain. And then, and then I'm not afraid of being silly. So I just spit it out. Mm. You know, I figure if it's all my hard work, if I want to work really hard to make something that everybody else says is impossible, the worst thing is, is I just, you know, it's my time. Like if, if I can't make it work, it's my time. But if I've got an idea that I think is worth it, it's salt, then I should see it through so far. It's been working, you know, like, um, I feel like you just get out there and you make the best thing you can make, you make the best decisions with the information that you have. And then you just trust yourself that I, this is going to be amazing, you know? And sometimes it's ends up in the, the trash <laughs> and, uh, Sometimes it ends up on the table, you know, and uh, and I just chocolate chip three different kind, three different kinds of you know chocolate chips and bacon and sourdough. It's like it's crazy. Yeah, love it. <laughs> you have to have creativity to come up with that, right? That's yeah. that's not just doing what everyone else has done, right? Like, and so yeah, that's what I'm I'm trying to do. That I want to be known for that, and I think that people there's so there's two parts about it where I think that. Some people are like, there. There's reverence, and and I came late to culinary experience, right? So there's a lot of people that are like, that's not what you do with bread, mm. and I'm kind of like, who says that? Like, <laughs> who made that rule? Like, I'm, I'm like, right. all all the food I really like are like hodgepodges of greatness, and you just figure out a way to make it work, and if it works, it sticks, mm -hmm. you know. And right. so I'm just like. Obviously, if I made shit bread that was no good, then no matter what I put in, it would be no good, right? Mm -hmm. But the idea is how do you make really, really good bread and then make things that inspires others? I want people to go, I've never had that before, right? right? I'm doing something right. Yeah. I feel like so many people are worried about what other people are thinking. And I'm, I have been one of those people for a large percentage of my life worried about what other people are thinking that in this project in particular, um, I want people to enjoy it. I want people to love it, but I'm not, I'm not making things for people. I'm making things that I love. I'm making things that make me happy. Right. And in doing so, I make other people happy. Right. 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 But a lot of the things I've done in my life, I, I felt like I was doing them for other people. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not so hungry for people's attention. The byproduct is doing me and doing what feels right to me seems to make other people excited. And so mm -hmm. it's very fulfilling to just be able to do, 
to be myself and be seen in the way that I, I am. Mm -hmm. And that, that's been really cool. And that's one of the things that's so intoxicating about doing this is I enjoy doing it. And then people enjoy seeing what comes out of it. Right. And so like this really, you know, when I hand somebody a loaf, that little bit is like an exchange that fills my heart with like happiness, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's because I know how hard it is to make. And I, and I know all the love that went into it. And when I see other people that I feel like that excitement that you have is like, that is the completes the circuit of all the love I put into it. So when I see other people that are like, Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, they get it. They get me. It's cool. Right. Well, and I think people can feel that in everything from just the reading the, the story on the, on the packaging to just watching you sing and dance. <laughs> and you just see the joy, you know, when you're like jamming earth, wind and fire or something yeah. um, or some hip hop, um, you can feel that like the energy and the love that goes into, into what you're doing, you know, just holding that, that loaf of bread, you know, where it comes from, you know, it's come from somebody's heart and you can, I mean, San Francisco is a great, a great bread town. The Bay area is a great uh, place for bread. You can get great bread anywhere, but when you buy your bread and you have a taste of it, you, it's like you have a personal connection with, um, with the person who made it. I tell people all the time, like, I don't want you to feel like you just bought bread. I want you to feel like I made you a loaf of bread, mm -hmm. right? Cause that's, that's the way I feel right. like everything that I make. And I'm going to do my best to maintain that, that integrity, right? Like I want people to know and feel like they're connected because I care like all the way from, the flour that's in it to the time that it takes to not rushing it to caring enough to doing the parts that need to get done to coming up with cool flavor profiles that they've never had so they can have a cool experience and 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 then for them to expand upon that and take it and then like you know foodie it up and do it their way i love when people send me pictures of what they've done because mm -hmm. i'm oh like i i feel like my hard work inspired them to go the extra little step to make something that they're proud of too. So they're right. like, it, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. Right. right. Yeah. It's not just gobble gobble. It's like, no, like this is like special to me because the bread is very special to me. And mm -hmm. so if I find other people that it's special to, even if it's not every single person in the world, I'm like, I'm cool. I just, I like, like seeing other people that are excited by, by the time and energy that I'm putting in. Cause it does take a bunch. And right. I just want the people that kind of get it to care, you know, cause I feel like that's the part that's missing in a lot of our life. And it's, it, it echoes through different parts of our life. If you care about this and then you care about that, then you care about her, then you care about him. Then it, that caring people, some people see as weakness. And I see it as the thing that we're here to do. If we all care a little bit more, the world is a much better place. And, and that's why I say, I feel like I'm making the world better, you know, a little bit better one loaf of beautiful bread at a time because it might only be something small but that little thing matters to me and mm -hmm. i know it matters to you you know and you feel it and so it it just makes me feel like i've done something worth doing yeah i was thinking about last year so many people really wanted to get involved in in some aspect of social change and really wanted to to, to help 
in whatever way they could, whether that was taking to the streets or organizing campaigns or voting. Um, you've given people a way to, to do that through just the simple act of buying bread. So could you talk a little bit about Pay It Forward? Yeah. Um, well, when I was young, there was a period of time where when we came to San Francisco where we were homeless, right? And we came here with really nothing. And it was my mother with her three little children. And it was really rough. And, you know, I can remember the nice man that worked at the bus station that we were staying at or, or sleeping in. You know, he would bring extra lunch and he would give us his lunch so that we wouldn't go hungry. And so those are one of those things. It's like Laura and my family that's like, you know, you it, even if it's just something small, it might be small to you, but it makes a difference to other people. And 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 the truth is, is you we need to be there for each other and we need to try to make a difference. That made a huge difference in our life, right? And so mm -hmm. I'm I wanted to like pay it forward. You know, I wanted to use my hands and my skill set to try to make a difference. So if you donate a hundred dollars, maybe some of that money gets to feeding somebody, mm -hmm. you know, but if, if, if I go and make a hundred loaves of bread, I know that I can make a difference, right? Because mm -hmm. I know that bread's going to get, especially if I partner with other people that are trying to make a difference, I know that's going to get to whether it's, you know, uh, elderly person who can't make it out because of covid whether it's you know someone who's displaced or homeless um uh whether it's to a battered woman's shelter like i know that the love and energy that i'm putting into that bread will make a difference and so i tell people all the time if you want to make a difference you can do it with me through me you know and um and yeah i try to lend lend my notoriety to raise people's awareness that like, look, you might not be able to vote this person out of office. You might not be able to go out and pay all the money to, to get someone off the street, but you can make a little difference through me. And I feel like if we're all trying a little bit and we care about other people, then, you know, we're, we're, we're making small change. And so that's what I'm focused on doing is making sure that people aren't going hungry and making sure people feel cared about and, I open that up to the community, mostly on Instagram, like, hey, I'm out here trying to do this. And if you want to if you want to join in or pitch in or or buy a loaf, I will make a loaf and donate it. And so it's been going really good. And I've been doing a bunch of it. And it makes makes me and my newfound crew very excited when we get to do it. So it's also strange that, you know, you buying a loaf for yourself while you're buying a loaf to be donated makes you happy. It makes me happy. It makes my crew happy that we get to do it. It makes the people happy that we donate it to. It mm -hmm. makes the person, the person or people happy that receive it. I mean, I, there's just nothing but goodwill and positive feelings that are like from the moment of inception has been nothing but good. So um, yeah, I have nothing but um I'm nothing but happy and excited and, and feel very fortunate that people believe in me enough for me to help represent them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it seems like a small thing, but there's just seeing a loaf, a freshly baked loaf, um, as opposed to like, if you go to like a, you know, soup kitchen or shelter and they're probably, you know, getting packaged bread. Um, yeah. But that makes a big difference, I think, um, for the person who's receiving it. 
try try going with me and like handing them out in the tenderloin and handing them to someone and watching mm. person in tears you know what mm. i mean like i went on christmas eve and there's one man and he literally had me crying like a big baby he just yeah. was like he's like oh my god like god sent you to me i can't believe you came out like like you made my whole day thank you for caring about I'm like i was bursting into tears i was just like yeah that's the thing is is like there's so many people that don't feel love that don't feel cared about. And I'm like, I feel like I hand them a little piece of my heart. Like this is I, like, I'm here. Like, I want you to feel cared about. Like I feel cared about. I want you to know that we care about you. It doesn't seem like it's that big. It's just a loaf of bread, but it it's more than that. And I feel like I, pe I think people think that if they can't do something big, they shouldn't do anything. And I'm, and I'm not a believer in that. I feel like little things can make big differences. You know? mm -hmm. I usually end with um, just a quick um, rapid fire. Do you mind okay. if we uh, do a, a few of these? Some of these have to do with um, food and some of them don't. Um, okay. Okay. You can um, elaborate on your answers if you want to, but you don't have to unless I ask you to because okay. it's my show. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ezekiel Anderson, are you ready for the life of Gusto quick fire? I'm ready. Fill in the blank. When I'm not working, you'll find me. On my couch, half asleep. <laughs> nice. Um, your favorite baking tool? My hands. Um, if you could go anywhere in the world to skate right now or just to, to travel, where would you go? Switzerland. Why Switzerland? It's beautiful and peaceful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very beautiful. I went there with my sister and my wife before all this stuff kind of popped off. And every time I close my eyes and think of kind of a happy place, I see us um, up in the mountains, just looking at this gorgeous, like some of the most beautiful land I've ever seen in my life. I bet. Yeah, amazing. Um, next one. What's your go-to expression when something goes wrong? My go-to expression when something goes wrong. You uh, have a kitchen fail or the something that you bake just goes terribly wrong. Oh, let's see. It can be a word or a phrase. I, I like, can I curse? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I, think, I think my favorite is like an English, uh, kind of an English, for fuck's sake. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm always like, for fuck's sake, are you serious? Like, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> something really goes wrong. That's what I got. That's what goes. Well, and then on the opposite, when something goes really, really well and everything goes right, what's your favorite expression? I go like this. I go, booyakasha. <laughs> nice. With the snaps. Nice. Yeah, with the snaps. Nice. Like Ali like G. Booyakasha. <laughs> Love it. And um, I heard on another podcast uh, that you are a big comic um, book fan. Yes, um, I am. And X-Men. Um, so uh, this is a question for uh, the X-Men okay. fan and you. So, you know, Rogue, she can absorb other people's power. So yep. you, you're Rogue for the day. What other skills or abilities would you like to absorb from other people? You can be a specific, name a specific person or a specific skill that you'd like to, to have. Lately, science has been strong in my mind and I kind of have 
like a bro crush, man crush on, um, what was his name? I just had it and then it went away as soon as I went to say it. Um, Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, <didn't> know. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I had two of them. I'm like, Neil deGrasse. And then, oh, it went away. Uh, yeah, so I have, I have kind of a, I kind of think that he's super awesome. So if I could absorb all of his knowledge. Right. Kyle and like kind of keep it I would love it because the way that he speaks how informed he is on a, such a broad spectrum of of life and the universe and and it just it amazes me and I wish I was a little more like that so I would I would all right so. yeah me too <laughs> and uh, finally um just to end do you have any words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience? It can be about baking, it can be about life, um, anything that you'd want to share with, with the listeners out there. Yeah, I think right now, um, the wisdom, I think I did it, I was an earlier adopt, a early adopter to this, then it's, it's a wave that's happening right now. And I really feel like the reinventing of oneself that this, that this opportunity has allowed us to kind of like break norms and to spend more time with ourselves so that we can kind of see really what makes us happy and what guides us. And I feel like listen to that voice and just, you know, make your life the way that you want it to be, not the way you think other people think it should be. I, I really think that if we were ever going to, as a culture, make that shift from the grind nine to five every single day. I think now's the time to do it and, and I'm doing it. And, and if I can inspire other people to do it or, or ask other people to think and believe in themselves enough to do it, I would say, dude, get it done. Go, go, go make it happen. Great. That sounds like a perfect place to end. Thank you so much. This was a pleasure. I really enjoyed meeting you and talking to you. Meeting you as well. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As we emerge from the pandemic and so many people seem eager to resume business as usual, maybe Ezekwe will inspire you to slow down, find ways to contribute to causes you care about, pursue your own passion, and also try his bread. You'll find Rise Up Bakery on the web at riseupsourdough.com. That's rise with a Z. They're also on Instagram. The handle is rise underscore up underscore sourdough. I'll put links to both the website and the Instagram account in my show notes. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening. Remember, if you'd like a chance for a Rise Up gift card, post your answer to the question I posed at the top of the show on my Instagram page. I'll draw names at random and announce a winner via my Instagram stories at the end of the week. New episodes are in the works this summer, so come back soon for more conversations about finding your way and living a life of gusto. Thanks, everyone. See you next time. Thank you.